0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. jump back into the series we kicked off last week on Easter Sunday and, uh, and just keep, keep celebrating what, what Jesus is doing in our life. So John 10.10, 10, uh, when you got it, say amen. amen. All right, let's go. Verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now this is the red letter edition if you have that bible. This is Jesus. So I want you to think about these words for just a moment. That that Jesus is speaking forth these words to to you today. I really want I want, I want you to I want it to become personal for you. I don't want this to be a generic words, something that I just get up and say and we go through and did church today. I want you to let the word of God get into your heart for just a moment that Jesus is speaking to you. And he says the reason he came is that he came that they may have it more abundantly. And I love the NIV there. It says that they may have it to the full. Oh, man, he wants you to have life to the full. And verse 11 says this. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And we celebrated that last week. We celebrated last week and every week in this church. We celebrate the gospel. We celebrate the good news of Jesus, that Jesus did this, that the good shepherd, he gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. When Garrett was singing that, that verse during that, that song, Glorious Day, and it just kind of was in that stage in that song where it began to talk about what Jesus did for us. I, I don't know, that, just, that, that does something. I begin to cry and just begin to think about what Jesus did that he gave his life. He, he did this for each of us in this room so that we could have life to the full. You hear that? Man, I tell you, he did this so that we could have life to the full. He did not just come and give his life and justice so that you can maybe just get to heaven. He wants you, while you're here, on your way to that place called heaven, to eternity, to experience him and have life. the full. So I want to do this. Let's close our eyes. Let's talk to him one more time. I want to share some things on my heart today and just let God have his way. Father, I thank you today for what you're doing in this room, and I thank you for what's happening at Faith Renewed. God, we give you glory for it all. God, thank you for the testimonies of what took place during the, the mission trip, God. And I pray that today each person in this room will understand the fact that we're on mission We're on mission, and God, help us, Lord, to be on mission together, God, and walk forth and make your son Jesus' name known to the world who desperately needs you, God. And I just thank you, Father, for each person that's here today. I thank you for being the giver of all life. And, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for being the giver for all that's good today, and we give you glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time. Can you just put your hands together for the goodness of God? I just, I don't know. I just... Oh, man. Come on, just stand to your feet one more time. I, I, we don't do this enough. Come on, just stand to your feet. Put your hands together right now and just give God praise. Come on, just thank him. Just thank him. I know we don't do this much, I and mean, we just stop this. Come on, but he's worthy. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, man, he's so good. Give him praise. Come on. No praise band. Nobody leading you there. You go there. Come on. Just go there. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Man, I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. On your way back down to do your seat, high five. Somebody next to you. And tell them today, say, Jesus is alive. Jesus Come is alive. on. He is alive. And he is alive so that you can have life to the full. Amen. I love it. Jesus is alive so that you can have life today to the full. And uh I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, I just celebrate that, man, that Jesus came and that he, as a baby, he came to this world and, and then he lived for 33 years and, and he got on a cross and he died for us, guys, come on, and, and, and on the third day, he arose from the grave and he's alive today and so that we can have life. Come on, he, we have to see this, that Jesus is alive so that we can have life, not only so that we can have life and not only is he the giver of life, he is life. It's it outside of him, nothing exists at this good. And and only through him that Jesus is life. His words, Jesus spoke it. John 14, 6, he stood up and said to them, I'm the way, I am the truth, and the life. And he said, No one comes to the Father except through me. What a claim. Come on, what a claim. No wonder they put him on the cross for getting up and saying things like that. No wonder they crucified him for getting up and saying some of the things that he said, but he proved it all to be true when he got up on the third day. Amen? He proved it all to be true when when today he's living and interceding and praying for you right now. He proved it all to be true, and he gave his life. And he is life today. And so today, if you're not experiencing the life that God has, first of all, just start just coming into that relationship with him. Surrender everything to him. Start this walk with him because in Jesus, in Jesus, there's life today, and he wants you to experience it to the fullest. And, and as we begin to talk about and unfold and unpack over the next several weeks, a series here called a life. And, uh, and, and what goes on here, we're going to begin to deal with some of the things that fear and, and the different areas of fear and how it works in our life. I don't know, one thing I carried out of that last series called The Armor of God, and I, and I hope you got something out of that, man, is that the enemy loves to work through fear. He loves to get into the mind, uh, the, the, the testimony and the report that Pastor Steve has shared, and that is a trick of the enemy. He loves to get into the mind to begin to get someone into a place of fear. And so we're going to deal with that today, and we're going to begin to really hit hard and look at Scripture today and, and look at what God would have us do, and we're going to talk about an area that probably don't, doesn't get spoken about much in church, and that's failure, Okay, now this is, this is an area that gets tough. It gets interesting because the enemy loves to get you to a place to where you think you're going to fail. And if he can get in your mind that you're going to fail, he will stop you from your mission. I promise. He, he, if he can stop you and, and get you to pull back and get you to a place of fear, you'll never move forward and do what God says. So, so we come against the area of fear of failure today, and we take authority over those things. And so we move into this book. So I want to do something. I want you to turn in your Bible to the Old Testament, a book called Exodus. Anybody love the Bible? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. We, again, not just a history book. It's a love letter. Oh, man. He loves you so much. If I just come every every week and just sit up here and it gets in my message somewhere that just Jesus loves you somewhere that he loved you so much. He gave his life for you and just and just in fullness. Man, I, I just love that. Um, I want today as we begin to unpack and look at this area of failure in our life, I, I'm taking us to a portion of scripture to a great story. If you grew up in Sunday school, you heard this story. If you watched a Bible series um, on the, t- the TVs recently, you, they did a pretty cool job with, the, with this story as we talk about the, the guy named Moses. And we talk about some of the things that uh, happened in, in, in his life. And I believe God showed us some stuff in this book that's going to be I don't know hopefully today kind of just I don't know stir something in your spirit get you to a place where you just trust and just begin to move forward every time he says move Amen. you stop and listen and just see every time he says stop listen and see but every time he says move you just move what would happen? What would man, what would Malden, Simpsonville, Fountain Inn, Greer, Taylor, Spartanburg, Pickett, 100-mile radius, Pastor Stephen, what would it look like if we just begin to move out and just move? Every time he said move, pff, did it. What if every time he spoke and said, pray for that person, you'd pray for him? That's right. That's right. Oh, come on, help me. You know, what if every time he, you know the Spirit of God says something, put it in your heart, tell him about me. And you did it. What? I'm just, come on. This is real stuff, dude. This is serious. Every time he just speaks, and we start getting in our heart that Jesus is alive. And every time he said, Tell him I'm alive, tell him about me, then lay hands on him, watch what I do. That's where he wants us to be. And so we see this today, and I hope the story helps us today. As we unpack, we know the story here a little bit. If you're not, it's a very cool story that Moses is spoken to and talked to by God, and he tells him to do this. Go take and go deliver my people. Go set them free. Take them to a place of promise. If you're God's child, God's always trying to take you to a place of promise. God's children should have said amen right there. Amen. Amen. He's always trying to take us to a place of promise. He's trying to move us into an area and and stop us from just being settled and satisfied where we're at and move us into the next place. And so we begin to see this in the story. Exodus 14, I'm going to jump in the story here in verse 9. <clears throat> where you see the children of Israel listen to what God said, listen to this guy named Moses. And again, some of these guys in the Bible, man, they had to just get, be set free from the fear of failure, just had to trust God and just move forward. And this is one of those guys who had to deal with this, to just go speak forth and declare. And so this is what he did. He said in the story, he said, go set my people free. And they went and did it. And they began to march out. They left bondage. Amen. They left slavery. Amen. Anyway, if you got saved in this room, if you're a Christian in this room, God set you free from bondage, but he didn't want you to stop there. Remember we said last week that that's the starting block. That's not the finish line. So what does this life look like once you come out of the gates and begin to pursue? What happens along the way? We see pictures of that in the Bible, and one of those is here in, in verse 9. It starts here where it says that the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, Listen, and his army and overtook them camping by the sea beside, I ain't going to try that word, and uh, he said, before Baal Zephon. Now, listen, you have to see this. They got spoken to by God, listened to what he said, stepped out, trusted a guy named Moses, and moved, and they heard, and along the way, they watched God do work and just watched God do great things. And then they come into a place where they're stepped now in front of this big sea, this big water, and their promise is on the other side. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like your promise is on the other side of the big storm that you're in? Have you ever felt like he was on the other side? But here's what's, what's happening. These guys begin to get into, a, get into a place of fear, and they begin to struggle with this. And the sad part is this. Their past begin to chase them and then set up camp right around them. <clears throat> Oh, man, somebody just right there got revelation. Your past is always trying to chase after you, and what it'll do many times is just sit up camp right near you and watch you. That's a picture of what's going on here. They see this here. And so verse 10 says that when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Moses got nailed a lot of times by these guys, man. I'm I mean, he's a, trying to pastor these guys. He's trying to lead them and love them. And, and they just constantly drilling him and, and saying, you know, why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Oh, man, don't, don't that happen so many times. We get satisfied and settled, and, 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 and then something kind of begins to come into our life. It kind of messes us up just a little bit when we pull back. These guys wanted to go back to their past and go back where they came from. Verse 12 says this, "'Is it not the word that you told, we told you in Egypt, "'saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, "'for what it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians "'that we should die in the wilderness?' "'And Moses said to the people, "'Do not be afraid.'" We talked about this, this last week, that we, we're, this area of fear and being fearful is, 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 a, is an enemy. It's an attack. It messes with us. And Moses tells him, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. That's what God wants to do with your past. That's what he wants to do with your past. He wants to wipe it out so that you never see that again and deal with that again. He said, never again to see, no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, man, you have to see that in this story right here, there are some crazy things that have to take place. I mean, there are literally some of the most powerful miracles in the, in the Bible that have to happen before, for, for this to truly come true. And so in this, they're faced with this area, and they have to deal with the unknown. They have to deal with failure. They have to deal with the possibly that this may happen, we may get up to the water, We may stretch out the staff. Imagine what's going through in Moses' mind right now. And what if it doesn't happen? We do that so many times. It's Again, it's a fear that we may not be able to work it out. We just celebrated, my wife and I, my beautiful bride, we just celebrated this past week 21 years together. Come on, give her some applause for that. Man, did you say amen? Okay, okay. I mean, just in that, putting up with this 20... Somebody, somebody almost gave her a standing ovation. Huh? I don't blame you. She deserves it. I mean, 21 years. We dated six years. Uh, so it's 27 years, okay, together. We've been together. And so to think about that. But you know something? I remember the day. I remember what happened. I remember 21 years ago, and I remember the in the things that were going through my mind. And, and you know how many times us as guys, we, we do very well trying to know, be a little macho and not show all of our, our, you know, our doubts and our fears and unbelief. But think about this for a second. Here I was, this young guy, uh, twenty. How old was I, Angel? Twenty-one. Thank you. Twenty-one years of age, and I'm getting ready to walk. I mean, out in front of this big church, and I'm getting ready to watch my bride walk down the aisle and be handed to me. Oh, man, I remember some of the things that begin to go through my mind. And, and for me, uh, it, uh, we didn't have a lot of counsel. We had great great leaders and pastors in our church, but we didn't have a very thorough counseling session. So I was kind of going into this deal and, and not really knowing. I, I thankfully had a beautiful uh, representation of marriage and, uh, at home, and my parents have been married now for 50 how many? 54 years who are sitting in the back row. That's awesome today. Thank God for that. And, and so we, I got to see that, but I was getting ready to go into this thing called marriage and watch my wife. And then I, I had to do this. I had to now put the ring on my finger. I had to leave and walk out, and then begin to live with her. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> and, and 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 spend now. Forever, and that's that was a goal to ever. I mean, to, that was a goal, and then it just began to happen. Just things began to go on. A couple of years later, man, we took this test, and we revealed and told the parents that, man, we're getting ready to have a child. And she's sitting here today, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful for her. But I remember that. I remember getting pumped up, getting excited, and, and getting just that, man, I'm getting ready now. I'm going to be daddy, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a father. And I just remember that feeling. I was like, man, I was just pumped. I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock this. I'm going to, oh, man, I'm going to do it. I, I just, man, I, just, I was pumped. And then we went to the hospital and had to have her. Thankfully, my wife handled that part of it. I praise God for that. Thank you. Thank you. Eve in the garden. But um, but wow. the scripture, it's Bible. But I'm, I'm so thankful. But, but I remember that. She came out, handed her to me first. I've always loved kids. I get to go and I hug y'all's babies and pray over them in the hospitals. I love doing all that kind of stuff. But this one was mine. This one was mine. And, and, and now we had to do this. We had to raise her. We had to teach her. We had to somehow put food in her mouth. We had to put clothes in her back, and we had to do all these things. And if, if what happens, you can, in your mind, begin to get overwhelmed with what God is wanting to do in your life. And, and I just begin to think about this, and, and, and I remember specifically, I remember the first day they asked us, they said, would you like for her to stay in the nursery tonight and just sleep in the nursery? And I think, again, we chose. She slept in the nursery that night. And, and so, I, I, again, I was being the love and supported husband that I am. I was said, honey, baby, what do you want to do? Do you want her in the room with us? And, and what do you want to do? And, and she was like, no, it was, it, we had a long, kind of long delivery. It was a tough time. And so she was like, hey, let's get a little rest. Let's let her sleep. And so this was a deal. Now, this baby came out and was there. And... <laughs> And I'm holding her, and they said, would you like her to stay in the nursery tonight? And again, I don't know, babe, what, whatever you want. Yeah, we'll let her stop. Oh, thank you. And so we gave her away, and deep down, this is, again, this is just being, just bare myself. Deep down, man, I was overjoyed because at least one more night I didn't have to do, deal with that. I'm just honest. And, not, not, and nothing against you, babe. You're beautiful, baby. Beautiful, beautiful woman of God right now. You're blooming into But but deep down, you have to know this, deep down, you have to face this, the unknown now does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, what, are, what am I going to do? And then it happened. The next day, they brought her in the room, said she slept all night, you're going to have a good baby, and everything was good. And then we did this. I remember I remember getting in the car. I remember driving down the road and her being in that car seat. And, and I mean, I've I'm, I'm never been one to drive real slow. I'm slowing down now as I'm getting older. I'm noticing more people are passing me on the highway now. I, don't, I, just, I, just, I just think that I'm getting older because that used to be me. And so I was kind of slowing down. But when we got her in the car, and I think I drove about 15 miles an hour home that day. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm easing over bumps, and I'm just kind of easing down. And then we take, and then we walk into our home, and now I have this baby, and, and now I'm scratching my head, and, and, and Angel looks at me, and I'm, we got it. You know, everything's good. But deep down, you know something, we're struggling. And I think we do this. I think we do a very good job sometimes of putting on the face. We do a very good job of saying, oh, man, we got it all together. But deep down, a lot of times, the enemy's messing with us and say, what if you fail? What if you do it wrong? What if you drop the ball in this deal? What if you get to this place and now you don't know what to do? Listen to me. We all want that promised land, but we have to do this. We have to be willing to go through the wilderness sometimes. We have to be willing to get faced with a red sea so we can watch God's hand move. And it's what happens here. We have to just surrender everything to God. But these guys here, it was crazy. They got put into the place and they were faced right in front of this big red sea, but their promise was on the other side. And their past was pursuing them. Their past was coming up against them. It was chasing after them. And they had to make the decision. Verse 13 says this, that Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Listen, you don't have to be bound with the fear of failure. You don't have to be struggling with this, and you just surrender this to God, but you don't just zap yourself from the slavery to the promise. You have to begin to walk these things out sometime, and in this story, you see this. There'll be times where you'll get uncomfortable. There'll be times where you get faced with stuff and put there, and I love this. In this text, you have to just go ahead and surrender and just listen to what God says to do and trust that. So in the story, the first thing, one of the things that God showed me was this, that you have to just listen to God. Listen to what he says. What is he telling you now about the situation you're facing? What is he telling you now about the promise that you have? But we do it so many times, we struggle with listening to that voice and trusting it. We, we went down and hung out with the youth and in and, 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 and Atlanta, and so that's a crazy area. Glory to God, man. That is a crazy area, man. That is, that is a place that, I don't, I don't know, that's just a crazy area. It's just a lot of roads, man, that turn around and get twisted and crazy. It is crazy. But we have something now, and I love it. We have the thing called this GPS on the phone. Come on, let's just take a moment and worship him right now. But, but we do this. We plug in now where we're going, and then we do this. We listen to this woman. Oh, that's a good thing. So good. We listen to this woman, 500 feet, turn left, on to, a while. I mean, they never get it right. you notice that? They never get the word right. And then, and then we do this. We just trust it. Do we not? I had no idea where I was at. I spent most of this weekend having no clue where I was at. But I would just get in there and just listen to this woman. Come on, marriage. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm digging a hole today. But, uh, no, it's good. Just, just trust her. Trust her. Trust the voice of your mind. But here I was, just listen to that voice. And what I would do this. I would just turn left when it said to. I'd just turn right. I didn't start doing this wonder if it's wrong. Come on, what if right now the satellite just got hit with a meteor up, in, up there in the skies and all of a sudden it's sending us down? I just would go. I would just get out, I would turn left, I would turn right, and then all of a sudden, we'd just end up at this place. And I love it when she would say, you've arrived at your destination. <laughs> Thank you very much. And as guys, that does something to us. Anyway, we really deep down think that we did that. Come on, come on, guys, just shake your head. Just act like you're here for a minute. And we would do, we'd think that we did it, but deep down, we listen to a voice. That's what God does for us. God gives us voices. God speaks to us. And if we just do this, if we would just learn to trust the voice, come on, if we would learn to trust the voice of God more than the voice of a GPS, he'll take you to destinations, man, that you can never get to on your own. So we see it here, and we love it. But you have to do this. You have to listen to God and trust the voice. Look at what Scripture tells us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13. Love this verse. It says this. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Hear that? And you will seek me. We're talking about seeking God just a minute ago. And, and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Listen, we just have to start listening to the voice. And know this today. Know that God right now is thinking of you, and his thoughts are blessings. His thoughts right now are to prosper you. He give you future and give you hope. And so you do this. I really believe the GPS was looking out for me. I trust it. I trust that what I put in, it was trying to get me to that place. Do you understand how much more God, come on, how much more God wants to get you to arrive and show up at the destination, the place that he has promised for you? And if we just begin to trust that, we have to just hear it and listen because here's what happens. If you spend time listening to God, you'll begin to talk like him. Seriously, I mean, listen. The more time you spend with him, the more you begin to talk like him. The more time you read his word, spend time studying, and you'll begin to talk like that. I, I can tell. And again, this is not a judgmental thing. This is just a fact, Jack. It, you do this, <laughs> you will begin to talk like what you listen to. Amen. It just never fails. If we, you know, we we do a week. We've seen it in ourselves, We've seen it in our kids. We can do this. Our kid can come home after spending the night with somebody. And you can say it. Oh, I can tell you, you've been hanging around so-and-so. Don't think you're going to come up in here and talk. That's how it's like. Dad like so-and-so. I mean, listen, you know what I'm talking about. Don't think, but, but listen, we talk like what we were around. It's crazy. And it's never changes for adults. Now we can do this. We, and it's funny. I, I just thought about this. And I've sat back and it's just happening. Now you can watch back-to-back episodes of Duck Dynasty. And you get through watching the show, and when you get done, here you are walking around. I can tell I can tell. You can see people's Facebook. Everything just changed. Hey, 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 Jack. Hey, hey. You know what I'm saying, Jack? And, and they just began to just talk because here's what's happened. You've watched something. You've listened to something. You get that in your head, and then you begin to speak that out. What if we did this? What if we listened to the word of God? What if, we, what if we listened to the voice of God? What if we opened up his book, read what it said, and then went out and began to speak like that, began to say that? What if we'd, we'd know this? We would know that if we came into contact, contact with somebody that didn't know Jesus, we'd know this. God has a plan for them. He's put us in their path, and we share truth with them. We share the love of Jesus with them. We tell them about how good he is. What if we find out in his scripture that God says that, man, we can be healed? What if we find out that truth, that God put a promise in there that we can read? We take this and apply it to our life and just trust that. We hear that, and then we go, and we just begin to believe that and trust in us. Man, it's so cool. We listen to the voice of God. And also do this. Listen to the counsel that God gives you. This is huge. Listen. I, I mean, this is said i of all love. Listen to the counsel that God gives you. Don't listen to Dr. Phil. Come on, if the Oprah rerun man comes on and she's trying to tell you, man, how to get, get to you, no, no, don't listen to that. Listen to the word of God. Listen to godly people. Don't listen to everybody. If you work with somebody and you've got a situation that you're going through, don't tell the person who is an unbeliever. That's right. That's right. That's right. We love them. Our goal is to make Jesus known in their life so they're no longer an unbeliever. Right. If you're working with them, you're on a mission trip right now. That is your mission, to make Jesus known in their life. He put you in that place, not so they can get on your nerves, but so you can get them to Jesus. That is the plan from day one. So that is what you go forth and do. But listen, if you're in a place and you're struggling, don't tell somebody who don't know the answer. I've seen this. I've seen people begin to give somebody counsel and begin to tell somebody, to do it, and they don't even know Jesus. It's getting quiet in here. It's okay. But but it just and begin to tell. And then I find out, listen to me, I have somebody go up and they say, well, I was talking to so-and-so about it. So-and-so don't know anything about that. They, they don't have a clue. And you listen to somebody who can't give you counsel. Proverbs 12, 15 says this: that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Listen to me. He who heeds counsel is wise. That's talking about godly counsel. That's talking about listening to the voice of God and then the people who represent God, who know God. Listen to those things. Turn a deaf ear. If somebody, if you're in a situation, somebody's trying to give you counsel and it's not godly and it goes against that book, you don't listen to that. You end up a fool. And, 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 but you, in every way, you want to listen to the voice of God. Trust that. Listen to God. Listen to godly counsel. Listen to what's being spoken. Listen, if you're hearing it from any other voice, don't get it from Google. i Google, man. I'll Google some stuff, dude. That's just awesome. But listen, when it comes to situation, when it comes to God's word, find out what he says and then trust it. Just begin to move. When he says turn left, just, okay, I got to turn left. I got to turn right, and he's going to get you to your destination. Trust that. He told them, he said, don't be afraid. Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what's being spoken and then trust that. The second thing we do is this. You respond now with an action, okay? You respond now with an action. The Bible talks about our faith uh, is dead if we don't have works that are connected to that. We walk that out. Now, listen, there will be conflicts along the way. Stuff's going to get crazy along the way, but you just trust that. You just believe what's being spoken, and then you trust it. We know that Pharaoh here was representing the past, trying to come at them, but you trust the word of God. In verse 14 in the Message Bible, one of our texts in Exodus, I want you to listen to this real quick. This is cool. It says that God will fight the battle for you, and you keep your mouth shut. I didn't look at anybody in the room. I looked down. I said that God will fight the battle for you. You'll keep your mouth shut. But listen to this, verse fifteen. God said to Moses, "Now, why don't you cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites. Order them to get moving." Do you hear? You have to see this. This is how faith works. This is how this works. You trust what God says to do, but then you go and do what He says. Do you, I, it's almost like sometimes if, if you read Scripture, sometimes you would think, man, what am I supposed to do? Stay, go, not fight, not fight, move, fight? No, listen, just trust him. You hear what he says. They hear the Scripture. They tell them, and now you do this. You just step out. He tells them, quit standing here. Quit looking. One translation says, quit praying and start moving. Wow. Listen, sometimes if he said it, the promise is there. You just begin to move it out by faith, trust that, and then begin to walk forward. Just start moving. And then this is what we have to do. We get to that place where we hear what he says. We trust it. We put some action with it. And if you will do it, I'm telling you, you'll watch situations turn around in your life. You will watch it. Some of you right now, you're struggling financially. If you'll do this, if you'll read the Bible, do what he says to do in Scripture in the area of giving, you'll watch it move. Oh, but man, God's up there on the throne. He's sovereign. He's big. But Romans 3 says, listen, you have to let God be true. How do you let somebody true that's just true? You have to let him be true in your life. You have to believe it. So you surrender You're just thankful that he's true. You just trust that. So if you're facing an area right now physically, you have to do this. You have to let God be true in that area. If he says that you're the healed, you're the healed. Oh, come on. Are there any faith people in this room right now who believe what I'm saying? If he says that, you just, it just settles it. I just trust him. I walk out. I believe. I begin to say it. I begin to speak it forth. I begin to walk forth in those things, and you just trust him. And the third thing we do is this. You use today what's in your hand. He tells Moses, he says this. He says, now, you use what's in your hand, not Joshua's hand, not Aaron's hand. You use what's in your hand. God tells Moses to go up there and stretch out a stick. You go out there and just use what's in your hand. You go out there today and just stretch forth and just watch what I'll do. And you have to just think, man, Moses, he saw God show up. He's watched him move time and time again in his situation. He's watched God work miracles. And, man, he's watched things that are just beginning to just truly, truly just blow people away. But he still has to step up to the water and stretch out his hand. No, if, if it's us, listen, I would be rather like, all right, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to sit back here and pray, and I want you to go just open up the waters. God, I'm just going to so-and-so needs Jesus, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit back and pray That somebody goes tells tell them about Jesus. I know so-and-so's hurt, and they're sick in their body, and they need me, but, but listen, I'm going to pray, God, somebody send them. Listen to me. You are already sent one. Raise your hand if you know Jesus in this room. You're the commissioned by God. You're commissioned by God. You're called by him to go forth and carry this thing out. Listen, but you can't let failure come back and get you to a place of fear and get you to a place of struggle. You have to say this, not this time. I'm going to trust you in this area. And, and Moses goes forth. He steps out. He stretches out the rod. And in the Bible movie, I don't know exactly, man, he takes it and he slams it on the ground. Made it looked good, you know, for, for the effects. But I don't think all that had to happen. I believe he just simply trusted. Listen to me. If we trust him... If we trust him, when he says to move, and we move, and we step out in faith, you'll watch God do miracles in your life. And the waters opened up. The children of Israel, the Bible says, walk forth on dry ground. And then this is what happened. You step forward, and you trust God. Now, remember, he made a promise to them, you'll never see him again. And they turned back, and they watched their past. They watched the thing that had been chasing them. They watched the waters close around them and take and struggle and, and, and destroy their past. I love this. I think it's a great picture of baptism. I think it's a great picture of what happens with, symbolically when we come up and we get in the water and we get baptized and we drown every other lover, man. We drowned our past. We drowned every struggle. We drowned everything. We let that thing die never again to be remembered. And these guys did this. They stepped out. They walked forth on, on dry land, and God blessed them, man. They kept moving. Yeah, it was their situations along the way. Oh, 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 yeah, but every time God spoke and they trusted Every time God spoke and they trusted, he moved. You have to let God be true today. I want you to stand. I want you to do this. I want you to just... Worship team, come on around. In the text, the Bible says that they had 600, 600 of their choice best chariots sent after them. They had 600 of the choice best chariots. The Bible says he also sent everything else they had too. So he just sent everything after him. Everything today that the enemy is chasing and pursuing you with, listen, it does not matter what he sends. When he speaks and you trust him and you listen to me, listen, I'm telling you, when he speaks this word and you grab hold of this word, it's a promise land I'm waiting